So welcome back to Leaders of Consulting, the show that brings you interviews with experts in the trenches at the forefront of consulting. On this episode, we're joined by Stephen Steers, who runs his own sales consultancy, Steers Consulting Group, having advised and led workshops for over more than 500 companies in 25 different countries, where he teaches how effective sales is about listening and connecting through stories. Um, he has a saying I really like, which is the better you talk, the more money you make. So Stephen, welcome on the show. Jonathan Bailey Strong, thank you so much for having me, man. Pleasure to speak with you again. Yes, lovely, lovely to connect once again. Uh, Stephen and I know each other through an entrepreneurial community, and we co-organized an event together. It was internationally as well. We oh, coordinated. It was, yes, it was in it was in Mexico, and you're one of these people who's just fantastic on stage. You just have such a command, such a presence on stage. So thank you. Yeah, it's been great to you know to collaborate and, and get to know you. But let's kick Likewise. off here. Um, and uh, why, why don't you uh, lead with a particular approach, tip, tool, or strategy that you think other people in consulting should probably know about? The quickest tip and strategy I can give to any consultant or salesperson or someone who's working to affect change in an organization is to leverage something I call the kryptonite question. I call it the kryptonite question because if you know the legend of Superman, kryptonite's the only thing that could get him to back down and lose his powers. But I like Superman, though Batman's better. Let's all be honest here because we could all be Batman if we get rich enough and have enough uh, of a deep voice. But the kryptonite question is basically how you get the answers to the test before you take the test. So bringing it back, maybe you remember in middle school or high school and a teacher comes in and says, pop quiz, but it's an open book test. You can take your textbook out. You can go find all the answers. And naturally, you should get a really high score because you have all of the answers. In consulting, the kryptonite question is, why is now the time? We can ask this during the qualification process or when we meet new stakeholders. And this is an important question because when we ask it, we get the client, the prospect or whomever to tell us exactly why they are on the phone or in front of us talking to us about this problem. We know what's going on inside the organization that causing causes them stress. We know what urgency is involved in this thing getting solved. We know who's involved and we are aware of what success and the outcomes look like that will be successful and lead us to potentially winning the business and providing them with great insights and getting asked back for more retainer work or you name it. But this is a really simple question anyone can ask because it just gets your prospect talking about what they want. And then it's our job to use our expertise and our skills to bring the narrative around that allows us to be the only option for them to go forward to solve the problems that they have. So ask the question, why is now the time if you want to bring up a piece of kryptonite for your clients? I love that that term as well. Kryptonite question makes it more memorable as well at the same time. Marketing. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious, like when you sort of approach those kind of conversations, um, obviously you know, you're using those, those listening skills of yours. Do you typically tend to have a structure that you follow? You tend to kind of keep it relatively loose, you know, informal in a sense. I'm curious, like how you, does it depend on who you're speaking to? Uh, like, how do you approach that? Yeah, no, no surprises here. I use a script pretty much every time. I'm a big proponent of saying freestyling is for rappers and skiers. Like, I don't care how, how good of a consultant you are. We all get distracted by different things. So that can mean 
your alarm goes off in your room while you're in the middle of the call and you don't remember where you left off and what you need to come back to. I think a script is a great way to just frame the call and get to the magic points that you need to, to know if this is the right thing for both sides. And it also just makes you look like a pro. And I think as consultants, right, since we're talking to consultants here, a lot of us work alone or with a really small team and we our reputation is the most important thing to us. So we need to look professional every single way we can. And one of the ways you can look professional is if you have set questions you ask and you know how to dive deeper. So uh, with that, I have many questions I ask, but I'd say within a margin of error, if you do three things on any sales call, you're going to be able to get through to the next steps, which is what you want, right? So the first is the kryptonite question. Open any call with why is now the time? right? Got to start there. The second is set some type of agenda and then get meet people to get permission to ask questions, like deeper questions, right? So that could be something like, hey, so today we'd love to talk a little bit about podcasting and how it might be beneficial to your business. That way we'll know if this is a good use of your time or not something you should invest in. And if it turns out that it is a good use of time, let's schedule some more time to dive into deeper about a strategy that could work for your business. Is that cool? So that got them to agree to next steps before we even covered any meat of the call. Then we go through our typical questions and conversations, right? Get them to qualify specifically for our service or otherwise establish gaps. And then finally, the most important is BAMFAM, right? B-A-M-F-A-M, which is an acronym that stands for book a meeting from a meeting. If you have a prospect on the phone, don't say, hey, I'll follow up with an email and we'll schedule more time. You have a live person who can say yes or say no get them to do that on the call and then book the call while you're there. It'll save you so much stress. Again, this is level one stuff, but I've seen level 10 sellers miss these pieces and these cues. If you do all three of them, you're going to have a decent call with next steps, which is what you want. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it uh, avoids falling to that sales purgatory where you're just like, well, you know, are they going to should I follow up with them? What are they thinking? Has this gone off the rails? You know, you just have no way of knowing until you actually speak to them on the phone again, right? Exactly. And then you're just chasing them, which is the ugliest and most stressful part of any sale. I know it too well. That's why I had to learn new techniques. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. And so, Stephen, can you tell us about a particular resource that comes to mind that's had a big impact on you, whether it's personally or professionally that you like to share? with artists. Can it be a person? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I'm a big reader, right? I'm happy to, if anyone's curious about my reading list, get in touch. I read like 50 plus books a year. Half of them are on business or philosophy or other things. I think just speaking plainly as someone who listens well, I take a lot of pride in listening, listen to a lot of podcasts. I think there's a lot of value in being able to see patterns and things that are potentially unrelated because now you can add an extra level of depth of understanding to the, all the people you talk to. And I take a lot of pride in, in being able to do that. So highly recommend get up on your podcast, read a lot of books, it, become a worldly person, and you'll be amazed at how much you can relate to people no matter what country they're in. And in my career, that's been huge. But you asked about a resource. I'd say single-handedly, one of the most important people to my career, without a doubt, is a guy named Scott Sambucci. I got introduced to Scott when I was running sales at a small startup. Scott was our sales consultant and advisor. And I worked really closely with him in a sales role, uh, getting advice and figuring out how to sell this product that we had. And 
come to find out that our product was built heavily on Facebook and then Facebook changed the algorithm. So they put our B2B side out of business and they were like, Hey, uh, so you don't have a job anymore. And I, I write Scott a, a letter and I say, Hey man, you've been a huge help to me. And I just I'm so grateful for all the things I've learned from you. Looking forward to working with you again sometime in the future. Be well, right? I told him that I, I got the ax. And he sends me an email a couple of days later saying, Hey man, I'm sorry to hear that that happened to you. Uh, what do you say? We hop on a phone call. Maybe I can help you figure out what's next for you. And I was like, Oh, that's so generous. Like right on you, Scott. So we talk, winds up being like a two hour discussion. And I didn't know I was getting interviewed, <laughs> but he's at the end of it. He's like, Hey, so I have a job for someone like you, if you want it. And then everything kind of changed. And what I mean by that is I didn't know as much about the consulting and coaching world until I started working with Scott. And Scott was the first person I've ever worked with who was able to really see where my talents were to put me in a position to use those talents and then to just encourage the heck out of me and to, to get some of the bad habits that I developed through other ports of my career into things that are more framework related and like, it just would work really well with me and uh, just open my eyes to what this could be. And it's the first job I ever had where I was like, I want to be just like him. I want to be just like him. He's so successful. He's cool. Like, I like this. He's himself, everything he does. And he, and it, it, I just love working with the guy and he's without a doubt, one of the nicest, kindest people, brilliant. And I, I think my life would be in a completely different place had I not been fortunate enough to meet him and, and learn from him. So I owe a lot of him, a lot of my career and success to Scott. So shout out to Scott Sambucci. Check him out. Yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, It's great when you find someone who's willing to take you on as a as a mentee of sorts, I guess, and really take you under their wing. Yeah, it's uh, not often that Definitely. opportunity arises. Hum- humbled by it, man. Absolutely humbled. Fantastic. And if we switch gears now a little bit and talk a little bit more about the specific work that you do, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about specific people that you help, like what characteristics do they share uh, and what what sorts of problems do you often find yourself tackling with them? Yeah, I I work with a couple of different cohorts of people. I work with like execs of venture-backed startups and I work with some sales consultants and coaches, and then occasionally I'll work with corporates. The the reason for all three of those is everybody has a story to tell and they could benefit from using the story. So my taglines, I have a few, but one of them is I teach my customers how to tell the stories that get their customers excited to buy things. And the better you talk, the more money you make. The reason for that is, especially if we're talking about consultants, right? consultants I want to work with, we present for a living. You're you're unemployed until your next sale, right? Like you're you're pitching and putting things out in front of people, and you may have great charts and your slides look good, and you're telling all these statistics, but that's not really the whole story. And I find that one of the most underutilized features in business, period, especially for consultants and executives, and in some sales situations for teams, right? With the corporates I work with, the most interesting thing about what you do is who you are. Because if you look at what's happened over the past few years with everybody inside on a computer, the same old tactics don't work anymore. People can see right through things that are inauthentic and right through people who are just doing the same thing for everybody the same way. They want something real and they want it to be more personalized to them in in some way, shape, or form. And so what I find is I work best with people who understand that they have something that's unique to share with the marketplace 
They want to differentiate themselves in that marketplace, but they're a little bit unsure of what that is and how to say it properly in a way that doesn't make them feel slimy, right? Like you and I have talked a little bit about uh, some of the stuff you've been doing on LinkedIn. It's like, I don't know, like, I don't want to put stuff out every day and I'm too self-important or whatever. And believe me, I'm just like everybody else there. I get it. It feels kind of icky to a certain degree until we unpack the part where the whole reason we tell stories, we share anecdotes or do anything is to help our audience better tell their own story. So if it's a story from our life, it needs to have a device inside of it that allows it to be related to thematically to the lesson we want people to learn or achieve by listening to the story. And once you do that, you're two or three levels behind the story, even if it's yours. So it becomes a little bit less of a headache potentially to, to share things. So I work best with people who want to say something, know they have something to say and are unsure of how to do it. And they want to get business results and use it in a business and sales context to be more authentic and build rapport quickly with clients and smash objections with good, powerful stories that are unique to them and don't allow anybody else to compete with them because they're their own personal stories. And one of the you know very effective ways of of storytelling is by you know speaking in public. I'm curious, like when it comes to you know people you've worked with, when you look at speaking in public, some people they just have massive stage fright. I'm curious, like what what do you do in those situations where people are just like, oh, you know, this is just is it something that you ask people to stick with sometimes, or or is it you recommend they do, or or is it something where it's like, no, actually, we're going to use a different medium instead? Great question. So public speaking isn't for everybody. And I maintain... So there's two sides to this to answer this question. The first is, I really truly believe that the stage of our modern world, what we're turning into is the podcast. Like I'm 100% bullish on that. It's the most interesting medium. It's great for marketing. You can relax and have a conversation with one person, but still reach many people. So I think the podcast is the stage of today. The other side is there's still people who talk at actual conferences and stages. I don't think that will ever go away, but my personal opinion, I don't think it's coming back to the level it was at. So those are two sides. But answering your question directly, stage fright can happen talking on a podcast to someone that you're really excited to talk to. You get those nerves and those butterflies. It can also be talking in front of 10 people or 10,000 people. It happens across the board. I've been speaking publicly probably since I'm 18 years old. And I still get the butterflies in my stomach. I still almost throw up sometimes. It doesn't go away, but I know what to do with it. So it's, it's, a, it's something that you stick with because what you want out of it is bigger than the fear, like anything else. And what I find too, because I'm a glutton for punishment, right? I, I chose sales and then uh, I, I do stand-up comedy. So I I'm completely accustomed to people not liking me or wanting anything to do with me. And I'm okay with going closer to that. So uh, that might be a little strange for most, but what I add here is there's two reasons that you are full of stage fright, right? The first is that you are unprepared, right? The second is that you have a fear of being judged, right? People are not going to like you. They're going to jeer at you and throw things or whatever. And to be quite frank, one of those you absolutely have control over, which is being prepared. And because if you're really prepared, you're not really worried about people judging you as much. So when I say to anybody who's like, I'm going to get on stage, but I'm really scared. Okay. We can teach you breathing exercises. We can teach you anchoring techniques, but nothing, no technique 
is ever going to help you more than being super prepared with the information and the stories to get people on your team. So those would be the first things I'd say. Preparation is your best friend. Good frameworks to prepare with as well allow you to not get emotional about your preparation and to just work through structure. And that's what I've found has been exponential for the growth in my career and talking on stages. And then also just getting on podcasts and knowing what the heck I'm going to talk about, not being scared. Uh, just to add that, to add to that as well, I do find like the setting of talking publicly virtually is very different from in person. I find in person a lot more daunting. So whether it's, you know, a podcast interview or it's just two people, it feels just like a, you know, a conversation where you just so happen to have other listeners that eavesdrop in. Or say, for example, if it's like a small Zoom call where you've got maybe, you know, five to 10 people, a lot less daunting than being on stage, you know, in front of, uh, you know, a lot of people. That said, you know, just like you, I, I know, I know, if I have friends who, you know, I get butterflies in my stomach, but I know friends who get, you just get really physically sick. There's a friend of mine who actually is, uh, he's actually a semi-professional masters of, master of ceremonies MC, but he chose that role because he knew it would give him more and more and more practice that he had to keep on getting up. The, the, the act of putting himself in front of people like multiple times over a short period of time would help him get over that, you know, apprehensiveness that he had that made him, you know, physically sick. It's a skill like anything else, right? Like for our consultants in the room, our experts, think back to the first day you started before you became an expert. You didn't know anything. And you were like, I don't know if I want to do this. Maybe you really liked it, but you were like, I don't understand how to do that. And you stuck with it. And over years and decades, and you, you developed a reputation and a great skill set, and people seek after you. It's the same thing. And what I would also make sure to mention here, right? There's a lot of people who do what we do, right? A lot of people are consultants. A lot of people help people with podcasts, but the stories you tell and the way you talk about what you do and how you affect change in your clients allows you to be in rooms you're not even in because other people can tell the stories on your behalf. You're memorable. So that's why when you speak properly, when you speak clearly and you can enunciate your words nicely on stage or on a podcast or otherwise, you are building a brand and your brand is a promise. And that's all it's about. It's about grabbing more of the market share by being yourself. And I don't care about whatever fear you have, that fear is not worth losing market share to somebody else who's less skilled than you, who can just talk a little bit better. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, th I think you, you raise a very good point. I hadn't actually thought about it in that way, but that stories are a very good referable asset as well, because once you hear a good story, you just want to share that with everybody else. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's better than a business card. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I'd, I'd love for you to also just kind of elaborate a little bit more on maybe some, some kind of misconceptions or, or mistakes that you see people or traps that people fall into when it comes to uh, storytelling. So many of them, I, <laughs> people are like, Oh, I have no stories. I'm terrible at telling stories. Like no one's going to want to hear it. And you may be half right on a portion of that. I think the first thing is right. So I, I have a framework. It's called superpower storytelling. It's three audiences you're going to encounter, the three questions you need to ask before you tell any stories, and the three types of story you already have that you don't even need to go dig too hard for. So when I find people like, oh, I don't have any stories, like I guarantee, I guarantee you have a couple that are really important, right? Whether from your own life or from your business, but let's play the business angle just as a quick one because we're 
talking to experts here, right? The experts are eavesdropping on our one-on-one conversation, Jonathan, (laughs) right? The capacity for an expert to be an expert means you've taken your clients from a place of pain or poor production through your methodology into a place of winning and improvement, whatever you want it, right? Started at zero, you got them to one or whatever that is. That transformation is a story, right? Our client came to us and they had they were having their worst sales quarter of all time. They were hemorrhaging their staff. They were about to lose the business because they weren't going to get an investment. We sat down with them. We reviewed all of their, their collateral and decided to work together. We came to an agreement and we ran them through our methodology and our frameworks. And within six months of using our frameworks, we were able to hire them six new sales staff and we got them to their best quarter in the history of their company. And that primed them for an investment for their series A round of which they're about to close, right? That arc, right? Story contains, I think it's five elements. It's characters, plot, theme, setting, and uh, conflict, right? Not necessarily in that order, but those are the five elements. A story of you helping your clients achieve great results contains all of those elements. And so what I love about this is there's a, there's a quote by one of those Greek philosophers, the guys, the guys that only have one name, you know, they don't know last name, but this guy, his name is Horace. And I love this quote because it says, you need change only the name and the stories about you. So in consulting, if for an expert, if you've gotten great results for one type of client, if you're telling this story in the right parts of your funnel, right, whether it's in a qualification call or a negotiation or on stage, this helps the people who are listening to you see themselves as potentially the exact same person in the action, the hero in the story who had a big stress and now with your help achieve great results. This is the type of story everybody has if you're an expert. We haven't even gotten to the ones from your own life yet. But if you're an expert, you guarantee you have one, five, 10, or 100 of these that you can deploy across the board from stages to podcasts to marketing to conversations to show why you're the best bet for an investment because you can solve people's problems. Love that. Love that. And so for someone who might find themselves in a situation where they're like, Man, we need to we need to get we need to hone our storytelling. We need to take it to the next level. Uh, are there any good places or any any first steps that you would suggest they might take, or any good resources that you would point them to? Absolutely, Jonathan. Absolutely, I have a presentation planning guide. So for us, for we consultants, you, pre- you plan presentations a lot. You can just download that. That will be in the show notes. So you can get yourself a copy of that. And if you have questions or comments and want to learn this superpower storytelling framework, so you're prepared so that you are able to get buy-in from anyone across the board and so that you can be the most interesting person in the room, I welcome a conversation. Stephen, thanks so much uh, for coming on the show. And finally, as as we uh, wrap up here, would you like to let people know where they can connect with you online or check your, your workout? Absolutely. And uh, before that, man, thank you again for having me. This was a lot of fun. I always enjoy speaking with you. I learned something as well. And if you want to connect, I'm on LinkedIn, Steven Steers, really simple. You can't miss it with the hair. And I think my picture is I'm in the jungle. So you can find me there. That's the best place for us to start. Also, Steven Steers on any platform you want. And I would love to meet you. Awesome. Cheers.